Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the Critical Twits podcast. There's only two of us today as Colin has been locked in James's basement again. And so we're going to talk about two-player games. Yay! So today we're going to be talking about two-player games, as it's just me, Brian Ennis. And me, Aaron Ravinsky. So we're going to take the opportunity. We've spent the day playing games together, haven't we, Aaron? Oh, yeah, it's been lovely. It's been quite nice, actually, genuinely. Yeah, yeah. Without your smug, insufferable sarcasm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so quite a lot of what we cover are games for either lots of people, when we talk about tabletop role-playing games. Yeah. They're a bit weird if there's only two of you. You can do it. Yeah. But it's like, what do you do now? And then you stare at them. And, and they go uncomfortable. Yes. And go hit things. Yeah. Okay. Or one of you is like, I am Throg the Barbarian. And someone else is like, I am everybody else in the entire world. Yeah. That's, that's draining. That's I quite just imagine. Yeah, it's quite <laughs> tricky. Um, or board games, we tend to talk about board games for more people because our gaming group, there's six of us. Six of, yeah. And it, the average, we can all turn up. Yeah, and the average board game tends to work better on a sort of three to six player region anyway. Yeah, and um, when we talk about video games, obviously you can play online video games with hundreds of angry 12-year-olds using yes. homophobic curse words. Yes. You can tell I'm not a fan of playing games online. No, no. Or you can play it with a handful of um, non-Bowie bastards on Dark Souls. Yes, I, I love Dark Souls because nobody can talk at you. No, but there does seem to be rules and conventions in place without words that's actually really interesting it is well we might talk about that at another point. At another day yeah but so we can uh, we can move on and get right to the heart of the matter yes uh but yeah we thought we'd pick out some two-player games yeah just just thinking when do you mostly end up playing two-player games normally with my wife actually does that mean i've been your wife for the day you have yes you've been Substitute wife. Actually, um, I mean, I don't want to enforce heteronormative patriarchy, um, but I was making you lots of cups of tea earlier. You were actually, yeah. <laughs> cool, I'm the dominant one. But yeah, no, yeah, two player games tend to tend to happen with people you're very close to. So you know, oh, I've got a boring, boring evening to tell you something. But let's play a quick board game. Yeah, um, not many of them, to be fair, really work very well as a two player game. So it's been nice to play some stuff today that has. Yeah, we're looking at, at um, we looked at three games. Yeah, uh, so we've looked at Hive. Yes, which is a tile-based chess game, kind of like chess. Yeah, sort of competitive, and it has a queen that you need to protect. Yeah, um, and we'll get into that in a second. We also looked at Crokinole. Yes, a possibly eighteen seventies Canadian game about flicking things. <laughs> it's a flick 'em up. Yes. But not flick them up, the game flick them up. No. But it, it involves flicking. flicking. Yes. Yes, so it's a lot of flicking discs. Yes. You need to flick your discs off. Um, <laughs> and we have also played Aeronauts, yes. which is a two-player card game. Yeah. Um, where you do battle in steampunk airships with what appears to be the cast of Red Bull. Yes. Um, so that's kind of what's coming up. Uh, so Hive, then. Yes. You've played a bit more Hive than me. Yeah, I played it at the convention it was launched at 
That was the Board Game Expo last year. Yes. Yeah, so the UK Go- uh, Games Expo. I think it was when it was launched, anyway. I seem um, to recall it being a big thing there. Yes, they had a whole section to it and stuff, and the guy led us through it. Played yeah. a couple of games with uh, our friend Rob, who was in the Malifaux tournament with us, who's yeah. very big on these kind of... Uh, chess-like games yeah. yeah he's really into the old the old ones and stuff as well he's very good at them yeah oh um, what's it called Knefa Taffel yes K- is that, have I said that right I think so yeah K- K- is it a K- it's a K- Knefa Taffel K- yeah. K- yeah which, which is like a Viking chess yes I think with... I played that with him at uh, the UK yeah. Games Expo again they had a yeah he, the old ones. he bought one of those yeah. he's when we did our puzzle game podcast episode 18 yeah i'm going to say off the top of my head probably yeah. wrong uh maybe 17 maybe 19 it's a number um <laughs> it's a late teenager so it's quite a grumpy podcast yeah um <laughs> sleeps in <laughs> sorry i've anthropomorphizing my my podcast yeah now. that's bad isn't it no that's quite good um, real life of their own <laughs> often sell themselves um when we talked about dimensions for instance yes. which is a ball stacking game where you stack balls on balls <laughs> still funny balls. <laughs> um that was he's the one that bought two copies of that so yeah. more that lots of people could play and got yeah. really excited he loves those kinds of things yeah he does yeah and how did you find playing that with him as a kind of a first thing i find <laughs> yeah, or, or whatever that Viking name is. I normally love Viking words. Normally, I can't pronounce this one though. Um, playing that with him, it took me right to the end of the game to get a grasp of what any kind of tactics and stuff was going on. Yeah, yeah, completely trounced me on it. Hive was—I don't know if it's because it's played in a slightly more three-dimensional fashion. Yeah, but I grasped the concept of how all the little rules worked. If it plays again, very much like chess. Each piece does a slightly different move set. And it was lovely. It yeah. flowed, it was nice back and forth, and I felt like I understood where I was going right or wrong at all times. Yeah. I mean, Hive, it's the first time I played this today. The concept of Hive, then, yes. is that between you and your opponent, you are going to build a hive yeah. um, of different insects. You each have a queen bee that you must protect. Yeah. So you must protect the queen bee. Uh, one of you's got black tiles, one of you got white tiles. They're all hexagonal, so as you build the hive, it looks like a bee's hive. Yeah, it does, yeah. Um, nice. But the queen bee is the only bee. There's other insects instead. Yes. All of which have different abilities, different moves. You start off by setting down... You each take turns to alternate putting things down. Yeah. You can't place one of your insects next to an opponent's piece. Yep. So they kind of spring up on your side. Yep. And they can't do any of their moves until the queen bee is placed. Uh, up to or including the fourth turn. Yeah. So you could put your queen bee down straight away, yep. but then she's really exposed. If you save it to last, then she's going to come in last, so your opponent knows on that turn. So there's a little bit of tactic straight away. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the idea is to surround the opponent's queen bee completely, so yeah. on all six sides. Yeah. Either colour, yours or your opponent's, yeah. as long as they're surrounded and can't move. At which point, presumably, she suffocates? Well, I well I'd like, not like to think of it like that, but yes, probably. As a staunch anti-royalist, suffocate the queen, death <laughs> to queens. No, that sounds really terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you were right when you compared it to chess. Yes. Um, it's different, you don't have a set start. Or a set board as such. No, the board kind of is the shape of the pieces. Yeah, you are never allowed to break the hive as it turns out so if at any point you're going to move a piece that's going to make you two separate hives that's invalid so you've yep. always got 
attachment. Yeah. There's always a flow going. Yeah, and you've got different pieces that can move. So you've got the ants yep. that can move really, really quickly anywhere that they can slide to yeah. around the edge. Yeah. And they can tuck in as long as they fit. Yeah. You've got grasshoppers yep, who, that can jump over lines. As long as they jump over at least one thing. Yeah, and they can land in the middle of things. Yes. Uh, which is quite good, because quite often what you're trying to do is block off so people can't move the last piece to surround your queen, for instance. Yeah. Uh, you've got spiders that always move three. They yep. slide three. Can't double back on themselves. I think of them analoguing to chess. They, to, in my mind, they're knights. A little bit, or I always... Think of, I thought it was a little bit like the uh, bishops actually limited moves they have to move in a particular format quite yeah it's just the fact they've got a set number of squares yeah, which to my like mind combined in two I suppose because obviously the bishop is being fairly useless I like the bishop I, I... oh it can move in a big straight line okay cool that's really awkward but it goes sideways and forward at the same time yeah yeah but no yeah I think we're coming from the whole, uh, the knight and the horsey Jesus <laughs> yeah the horsey <laughs> um, so yeah when the horsey takes the big lady with the hat um, no um, yeah you've got that you've, you've got, got the uh, beetle the beetle the beetle is my favourite piece this is the thing that makes this game a little bit yeah, different it, yeah. anyway because um, it's all very flat at that point isn't it everyone's sort of spread out yes but the beetle can stack on top of other tiles, yes. including other beetles. So you can have a beetle yeah. on a beetle on a beetle. Yeah, so the beetle only moves one space a turn, so they're quite slow. Yeah, but yeah. they can climb, which none of the other ones can do. Yeah. Once they're on top of another piece, the piece underneath cannot move. And it counts as a piece of your colour. Yes. So you can climb on top of the enemy's piece, that stack becomes your colour, and then you can start laying next to that, which is quite nice. Yes. Which is something I forgot because I should have beaten you in the very first game because I had my beetle on top of your queen, yep. pinning her in place, and it should have been white. I should have just been able to tuck one in straight away at the end and one. Yes. Didn't think. No, because it was very new. Yeah, it's a new tactic and things like that. I don't. I think we underutilised the beetle a little bit in the yes. games. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it suddenly becomes 3D, so you've got the game, and then you've got beetles crawling around on top. Yes. Kind of like, in my mind, it then suddenly becomes like a big mound or a big hive or a big anthill-esque thing. Yes. It's suddenly, it's more than just a flat 2D representation. Yes, yeah. And, yeah, we played four or five games? Yeah, I think so. Fairly quickly, actually. They can... 10 to 20 minutes each yeah I won none yeah um, but I felt they were close yes every single game it was a turn or two away from going the wrong way for me yeah or I'd have to disengage my tactics and then def- think defensively for a couple of turns yeah the game itself I'll just give you a, an audio representation of the game dominoes they feel like dominoes they're the yeah. same kind of Weighted plastic, I assume. I don't know what dominoes used quite... to be ivory, didn't it? So it's obviously yeah. some analog of that. Yeah, they, they've got a nice heft to them, a nice weight to them. Yes. And the game itself kind of folds down into a bag. Yes. Which, which is quite nice. It's actually quite portable. It's the kind of thing you could chuck in a backpack or a large handbag or in your glove box or your boot. Yes. In case you're at a loose end. Yeah, I find myself warming towards those sort of games a lot more recently is yeah. if we're setting up some of the bigger board games I mean I'm going to use this as an example because it's the one we resent for taking so long Twilight Imperium oh that took a long time it to set up takes an age to set up even playing something like Dead of Winter can yes. take 
to upwards of 10 minutes to set up yeah which is not a long time in the grand scheme of things well, but is 10 minutes sitting around board yeah this is you tip all the pieces out onto the table yeah you separate them into different colours and then you can play yeah it's something you could play on a lunch break. I yes, could bring that to uni- university with me and go, oh, do you want to play a quick game? Boom, I'm done. And yeah. I've still got plenty of time to eat. Yeah. yeah. And it's simple enough because it sort of copies chess in a way. It's, an, it's a nice analogue for people to go, oh, okay, I can understand yeah. how it works. Okay, this one can move this far in their mind. It's like a knight or a bishop. It, yeah. People, people have a, not instinctive understanding, but a cultural understanding of games like chess. Yeah. It's the kind of thing that... It's the same Everyone way one is aware of. Yeah, it's the same way Mysterium works quite nicely because Cluedo is a very nice analog to tell some it of the pieces. It gives you work. something that exists in your brain already to pin the ideas to. Yes, which is nice. But it's built upon the idea in a clever and unique new way. Yeah. So it feels like you're playing a different game. Definitely, um, and that's uh, that's quite nice. Um, the pieces I said they're they're nice. They are solid. There's a heft to them. Yep. they click nicely when oh, you push yeah, them together. I know it's the the game itself really the gameplay and the conversation or the interaction it engenders is the key part of games of course yeah but something that feels nice or the physicality the nice. the order that's the reason why these sort of things uh, they've got a, ga- a version of it on the 360 and uh, iPhone and app versions of it and stuff like that I wouldn't really be tempted to play that because though that just feels that clunk as you put that piece in that yeah. wins you the game there's a nice feeling to that yeah sliding like, it across the table and you yeah. click it into place and you're like get out of that one yeah um, yeah it's it's nice um, it's got high production values the bag is a little odd but I think it's because it's been sat in that box for ages I think I just need to straighten it out a little bit yeah. I don't think it's actually the uh, the bag's fault no, I won't vic- victim blame the poor thing, um, <laughs> but it's a uh, it, it still looks nice. But the you pieces can... are lovely, and it's I can hold that in my hand. Yeah, it's a bit big. I've got little hands. Yeah, ease of ease of picking up the rules, Aaron. Simple as anything. I played it quickly at a convention, which is never the best place to learn rules. I yeah. had a quick flick through it. Went, yeah, does this, 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 cool. Yeah, yeah the, the rules come to. I mean, if I unfold them, they fold up nicely to fit in the bag. Really, if I unfold them, they are printed on a single piece of A4, maybe slightly longer, but a bit shorter. So about A4. Now it's double-sided, uh, but half of that is three quarters of the back page is adverts, adverts for their different variants and the expansions, which I quite. I actually, I already want to pick up the expansions because yeah, yeah. I'm like. Well, what does a ladybug do? What does a mosquito do? Yeah. What does a woodlouse do? It's not a pill bug. That's not a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But yeah, no, it's lovely. Um, yeah, I'd highly recommend it to people, actually. Yeah. It's, it's not overly expensive. It's nice and quick and easy to pick up, and it's something yeah. you can play with. What kind of game will you have? What will you be doing while you're moving or your opponent's going what will the atmosphere in the room between you and your other the other person playing be like it's it's one of those games you need a fire on the background a glass or something possibly a, a pipe blow yes yeah it's that it's, it's guys gonna sound really cocky like these massively intellectual type games it is like a bit you like, think chess should be yes you will be deep in thought yes looking over at what your opponent's got left looking at their thing looking back it's not so many decisions to make that you're paralysed no no 
and it builds up nicely because you start with nothing on the board you each put a piece down next to each other and then you build from there yeah I still haven't found a tactic a start point yet I know I win every I've won every game so far but I, I, I just put a piece down my, okay. my tactic was to get the ants out as quickly as possible yeah I didn't like and that. I was using the spider because I think the spider is the weakest piece yes because um, it has to move a certain amount and the sp- the ants can move as much as they like round the round, round it so they're a weaker version so I was using a spider as an anchor at the touching point yes and yeah. I was trying to get a couple of the ants out to yes. start because I was trying to pin your queen in place as quickly as possible yes that was my yeah. plan yeah that's what it I didn't work though so you shouldn't listen to me because well, that I was, was why I was making the grasshopper the second or third piece I put out because it can if you place it in the right place can leap over a good chunk of the board and be in a position you can start building the other you side you build the other side yeah once you've got a piece around the other side as long you as touch, they're yeah. not touching that side you can, yeah. you've got control get a beetle on top of the queen that queen can't escape can't, queen can't escape you can then also slide the beetle off into any space next to it. So it could be like your last move yeah. will be your beetle slotting home. Yes. Um, that sounded sexy. A little bit, yeah. But also a bit grim. Kind of some dark Japanese mm. pornography. A bit like the Critical Twits. Yeah. Sexy but grim. <laughs> mm. The other, I mean, I'm just thinking just some little tips for people to help them get into it a bit bit easier. You, If you can surround, if you can get three three sides on the queen... Again, yeah. it can't move yeah. if you've got the three sides that don't touch. So yes. they're all equally spaced. Um, and then once you've pinned their queen in place, that's it's easier to, to get them. So you want to stop the other person doing that. Because if you can move your queen... They have... Well, they've got a build-up there, but it's not yeah. in the right place. And they have to rethink all their rejig yeah. everything. And it only moves one space. A bit like a king in chess. It just kind of... Yeah. Or bzzz. Yes. I'm trying to do a royal buzz. Buzz. Yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's the kind of thing. So I actually think the tactic I instinctively employed in the first turn, just out of I can pin things in place with the beetle, yeah, was actually the right way. Quite to start. a good idea. But it seems like there's lots of different ways to yeah. to do it. And you've got uh, either two or three of each of the other pieces, depending on which ones they are. Yeah, you can win with only. Um, seven or eight pieces out on the board potentially yeah you know, yeah. Well, and you've got a grand total of 11 each so you could go actually I really like using these and setting up this kind of move so there's potential for different approaches yeah yeah you could play a solid defence yeah and then look to sort of spring a sort of counter attack and catch them with all their pieces in the wrong place yeah you can go really aggressive you can sit a beetle on top of your queen as yeah. I did at one point then any of your stuff that came near I sat on it and then ran the queen away and it couldn't chase after her yeah. and then you had a piece completely in the wrong place Yeah. or about tricking your opponent into thinking you're moving your pieces to one place yeah. only to jump over yeah. sneak in Yeah. No, and what's quite good although the the, soul, the the ants are the ones that can move they, they're the most powerful piece in the game by far but there's yeah. only three of them yeah. you can't win with only three things no you need to be thinking even I mean, theoretically, the grasshoppers and stuff, but getting those into position is quite difficult because I have to jump over things. Yeah, and your opponent can move things out of the way. And yeah. quite often, what we were looking at was that situation we mentioned where you can't break the hive, moving so that the opponent can't move their the piece they want to because they would break the hive. Yes. Um, or moving, like, very quickly moving a piece next to the queen so the queen can't move away because she would break the hive Yeah. if she did so. And then do you defend that? But then you're also blocking off another side of your own queen 
or do you let them sit there in which case you're pinned in place you're in control and if they get another couple things in they can get you properly stuck forever yeah because there's no taking of pieces unlike chess no so the game escalates and it kind of there's like an early stage of setting yourself up and then it moves into kind of a mid game of where you're choosing your strategy for later yeah with what pieces you're doing and then at the end game you, you can be out of things or yeah when you're just manoeuvring I've got point. a handful of spiders because I don't like them yeah <laughs> I can see the I can see the use of them yeah because um, they can in the in the right position if you're three away from where you need to be they're great yeah and sometimes I was saving them for later positioning them three away from where I wanted them to be so yeah. I could move them in the next turn yeah I was almost using them as a carry forward for other pieces like the grasshopper and the beetle and stuff yes use it to manoeuvre that into a position that seems pointless to yeah. you that I can use another piece to yeah. bounce over I was using them to pop down and then I could free another one of my piece because then I wasn't that. breaking the hive yes things like that so yeah really I really enjoyed hive it cost nineteen ninety nine. yeah good year good year <laughs> civilization ended yeah because it was, of yeah. the millennium bug ah, millennium bug <laughs> hive Ah, insect puns. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you think this game has legs? It has lots of them. I know you led me to that, but it's good though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a bee to honey. Um, <laughs> you don't need a bee to honey, really, do you? You need a bee to pollen, and a bee produces mm. honey. But yeah, I, I think this has legs to be the kind of thing because it's fairly simple. You will take. You won't play it for a while. Yeah. Then you'll take one look at the rules and you'll be like, right, I remember. Yeah. It is. really is. Sort yeah, of, you could spend six months away from it and still pick it up and play it. Really, it's really. simple, but there's depth to it. Yeah. Because sometimes things that have got short rules or if just a couple people or very quick games tend to be... They lack the depth. Yeah. They're simple. But they fuzz out after it. Yeah. Something like chess, really, is very simple, but there's lots of depth to it. I'm yeah. not saying it's on the same level as chess. No. But, but there is definite scope there. Yeah, you could use it educationally for kids to learn about insects. We could introduce them to the different ones and give them the names yeah. and describe them. And stuff Ask them why playing. do you think this this one does this? Yeah, because beetles do tunnel. Yes, and they Ants are sort of do, on the top. Do like a outside surrounding. Yeah, and they're quick as well, aren't yeah. they? Uh, quicker than most bugs. Uh, grasshoppers jump. Yeah, you know, there's. I know it's not not it's t- it's rocket science, but there's a there's a little thing there. It's quite good. And also, I mean, that helps with picking up what they do because sort of spiders scuttle. Yeah. And then they stay still. Ants are always moving, running around, following yeah. the path. Uh, grasshoppers jump. So what does the grasshopper do in Hive? It jumps over the things in the way. Yeah. That's really easy to get your head around. Yeah. So it's a nice thing of the theme and the mechanics intersecting nicely. A lovely synergy there. Yeah, excellent. So that's Hive then from Gen42 Limited, which is a UK company. Nice. Yeah. It's the first. I don't think I've played anything else. Stop like calling it a pillbug then. Stick to your roots, man. Designed by John Yiani. Yeah. So, uh, cheers, John. I enjoyed your game. Yeah, well um, You're more than welcome to my 20 quid. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever amount of it you get. Our second game that we played in our festival of gameplay. Yes. Uh, apart from we did play some Dark Souls. Uh, yeah, we on, did do, uh, on Twitch. Yes. Did you Twitch? I did, I did actually. Yeah, yeah. We, we we twitched for about three hours. I'm yeah. quite worn out from all the twitching. Yes. Um, so yeah, look forward to our highlight reel, highlight reel, and our very occasional twitch play at the moment. Yes. But that will improve over summer if you like doing that. We might, if there is demand, try to 
Twitch some board games, some RPGs, those kinds of things. Mix it up a little bit. Yes, actually, that could be quite entertaining. Yeah. yeah. Second game then, Croquinol. I feel like I'm pronouncing that wrong. But it's French. It... Would it be Croquinole? No, that's Spanish, isn't it? Yeah. No, Croquinol. I'm sure the guy who we spoke to who was designing the boards, um, it's a lovely Polish chap at uh, Dragon Meat, I think, when we first saw it. Yes, yeah. Um, called a Croquinol, so... Mm. I'm, I'm happy to accept his his words and actually seemed like a big expert on the, yes. the whole tournament scene and things yeah. like that. So if he says that, it's what it's called. Mm. Now this is another game that we picked up, yes. and this time I picked up at the board game expo. Yes, I'd seen it at Dragon Meat the year before, so we're looking all oh, Dragon Meat 2014. Yeah, um, never go have Dragon Meat that old. Um, it goes off. It's bad for your digestion. You <laughs> might die. Um, <laughs> what am I saying? You um, saw it there, but we got the train to Dragon Meat because it's in London and we're not in London. Yeah. And thus, I didn't want to carry the board because the board is about three Three foot-ish in diameter. Hmm. The big one, not radius, the little one. Yes. Yes. Mm. (laughs) Pi times radius squared, the area of a circle. Yes. Thank you, Matt. (laughs) If I ever want to know exactly how many square inches of cake I've eaten that particular day, that'll yeah. come in really useful. Thanks, maths. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, yeah, and you don't <laughs> want to bring a large board like that on a train. Especially no, no. the boards are lovely. Yeah, so... You don't want them damaged. Yeah, so to me, it's kind of a mix between bowls and shuffleboard. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And darts. Oh, God, it's everything, isn't it? Oh, it is, yeah. It's, you, like, it's like all those pub games yes yeah it's, it's, a, it's a mixture of pub games because I've put Paul in there in that mix yeah well. no it is Paul because you've got oh my or god billiards yeah. more likely yeah. Um, this is where I now try to explain something that I could show you in a single picture yes how it works with words the power of the words a word is worth a thousand pictures no hang on <laughs> no the, yeah, yeah. the pen is worth. mightier than the sword Pen is not in the paintbrush, possibly. Yeah, it is actually because a paintbrush would just flop under the weight of a pen. It would. Um, yeah, it's a croaking on them. Yeah, so you play it on a three di- foot a diameter circular, circular board, board uh, divided into quadrants. So you've got quarter areas. You'll take a quadrant opposite, so you'd be sat opposite someone else. Yep. And the idea is you've got small discs. They're like slightly thicker version of checkers pieces, drafts pieces, because we're in England. Yes. So you flick these. Um, I found I wasn't really flicking. I was more gently pushing. I think there's a tournament rule on what you you are allowed allowed to do. We don't do worry about that. Although I can still generate quite a lot of power, and not having your thumb there makes it a lot more accurate. Accurate. But less power until you sort of develop it. Yeah, I might get a tiny dumbbell for my uh, my four fingers. <laughs> just be like, I, I'm waving my four fingers at Aaron now, and he looks really worried. Yeah, it's um, you've got a target in the middle that's in- pretty much exactly the same size as a tiny little bit of extra room. Yeah, um, and the aim is to flip. If you get it in the middle, there, it's worth. Uh, 20 points and it's removed the, yep. the target is clear for the other person it's, uh, its centre section is blocked by pegs as well yes so you've got some so you, around yeah so you've got to try and flip them through the gaps in the pegs get them into the centre section and then it comes out like a target you've got the, the, the centre hole as I said 20 points then yep. 15 10, 10 5 
the first person has to get it into the centre bit. They don't have to get it in the middle hole, but they have to get it into the centre circle within the pegs, or yep. at least touching it. So you can't just hide your discs away where it's really hard to get to. No. And then the opponent, if you manage that, sorry, then they stay there. If not, you take it off. And the yep. other person has to try and get them in the middle. Once yep. someone's managed to get one into the middle, which is harder than it sounds sometimes. Yeah, there are occasions. You have to hit your opponent's piece. Yes. Even if it's not in the middle, you have to hit their piece. Yep. When you've all flicked all your things... Yep. You're done. You count up who's got the most points. Yep. You've got a ditch around the edge so you can flick things off. Yep. I quite like flicking them off. Yes, it's nice. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's a really satisfying, actually, because everything's wood, it's a really satisfying clunk. What I really like as well, it's a bit like you said, pool or snooker. Yeah. You have to chalk the pieces. Yeah. On a, uh, the board I bought um, from smallq.be, so small cube, yeah. but with the dot between the U and the B. Uh, lovely people, let us play. We played quite a bit before yeah. I bought a board. Yeah, yeah. We came back twice three four times to yeah, go yeah we did there's yeah. no one here could we have another go and the guy was like yeah it's fine <laughs> have you tried doing this and it was you know really yeah yeah uh, really nice it's like the guy at Dragon Meat was very much like oh you could do this or why don't you try these sort of tactics yeah. or you could even do it four player like this if you want yeah and... this is one that's not just for two people no. you can play four people um, but you'd be in two teams yeah well, and you just alternate he did let us try a four quadrant game he said that's not really sort of tournament so if it would be an entertaining see with four different corners flicking each other yeah one of the things that they suggest was that you just have to hit one of your opponent opposite used pieces yes and then you can smack into everyone else as well and yep. try check shots and or knock their pieces into one of your opponents and it counts because it's like a bit like billiards yeah you can if I've got to hit Aaron's blue piece my red ones if I hit my red one into my other red one and then that hits Aaron blue, blue, Aaron's blue one that counts Oops. as long as it moved on the turn yeah. if not you lose both pieces yeah this so it's a, a risky gambit yes it's a Cajun man on a high wire <laughs> more puns sorry Colin <laughs> it's skill based yeah but it's not the kind of skill that you're not going to spend hundreds of hours before you can actually enjoy the game at, at any level no I mean if you've played tiddlywinks you've got a kind of grasp of the yeah the sort of movement it, it's easier than say picking up a pool cue or a snooker cue for the first time yeah because it's more natural yeah you're using rather than trying to coordinate both arms and look down the thing and think about something quite large yeah um, you're moving one finger yeah essentially yeah and I found that the more we were playing the better we were both doing and we were pulling off some really good shots yeah we had knock two apart and things like that which all very nice it had a very different feel to playing it than playing something like Hive yeah it was more light hearted is that really yeah we were laughing joking yeah we were interacting more obviously when you play something like Hive you're you're interacting on the board and you might you might talk but really there's a lot of thinking, thinking yeah with this it's because it's so immediate there's not a lot of thinking to be done no not not in a bad way but yeah you don't necessarily need to well you've got to hit that piece yeah quite often when you got to because we were both using 12 discs yeah. each uh, for, a, for a single game once we got to the end and the board was quite full yeah yeah you were starting to think right which one should I hit can I knock more pull off yeah if I hit that one it's worth this many points but if I ignore those two that are in a lesser section that's worth yeah. more yeah yeah. and 
oh bugger I forgot that Aaron got two in the so two sort of bullseyes yeah. so he's got 40 points already I'm not actually winning yeah or do I risk hit that one in the middle and then knock it into the centre for them which has happened yeah. it's one of those games with lots of variant rules as well because it's there's all sorts of different ways you could play and slight variants and different things yeah, you could it's do yeah a very international game yeah um, and scoring for instance there is a Crokinole World Championships mm. And if this thing was to take off and allow us to do so, I would go there in an instant. Yeah. That'd be brilliant. Yeah, actually, I think I'd quite enjoy doing that. It's it's niche, but it would feel like something I could actually sit there and join in and yeah. feel like I could actually compete a little bit. Mm. Whereas I always feel a little bit daunted with other competitions. Like, I don't understand the meta, as Friend of Podcast calls it a lot. Ah, Friend uh, of Podcast. <laughs> Hello, yeah. Friend of Podcast. Yeah, you know, a lot of other games have got this, this sort of meta, which this particular, you know, especially with the collectible side of things like Dice Master, these particular yeah. set of cards are better than those set of cards. Yeah. So, yeah, but I like playing with these ones, they work. Yeah. Whereas this, I feel like, okay, I've got my things, flick. Yeah, I'm yeah. good at this. Now it's the kind of thing as well you can pull this out and within a minute people will understand what they've got to do yeah the hardest thing is sort of the rule to get things in the middle or hit your opponent's piece yeah which is still fairly straightforward once you've got your head around that everything else is fairly instinctive yeah. the closer you are to the middle the more points you score if you get it right in the centre you, you've scored a bullseye you've potted the thing you get extra points yeah it's got nice I suppose because it is quite an old game, so a lot of these are ones that are very similar and might have been based, poor things might have been based on it, for all I know. Yeah. Because I don't know the history of it at all. But again, it's one of those ones that's got analogues to games that are very popular in the natural discourse of things. Yeah. So people are going to go, okay, it works like shuffleboard, it works like billiards, it works like pool. Cool. Yeah. And I can pick it up, which is nice. It's nice when games have that analogy yeah it's it's really easy you're, you're saying it again it's a little bit like if you're saying it's Canadian curling yeah got to get the thing near the target yeah um, up until I was sort of 1920 I used to play pool for a pub pool team I had snooker lessons and went to a snooker club when I was younger yeah. so looking and going if I hit that one that way Aaron's piece is going to fly out the centre mm. circle if I get it slightly different it will still go out but my bit's going to be going towards the middle yeah and it's you know trying to get those angles so not just knocking everything as hard as you can it's yeah manoeuvring things into positions yeah. Yeah. and it's still satisfying just to thump one of their pieces oh, flying it and it thunks against the side of the thing and yay yeah. but you don't you can start to develop a level of skill and tactics to it as well so it has again a bit of depth to it yeah um and that might be where it's slightly tricky if one of you is much better than the other. Potentially, yeah. But it's again because it's a skill-based thing. You could potentially practice your targeting. I could with pull. You you learn how angles work a yeah. bit better and things like that, which can catch up on because there's a plateau for that. Whereas tactics-based games, if you've not got that kind of tactical mind, yeah, you might never catch up. I struggle yeah. with it in some tactical games occasionally, apart from the Hive, which seems to have a yeah. idiot savant thing going on with that. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I can't see those moves other people can. Yeah. My brain doesn't seem to want to function that way. It's, it's capable of learning that, but it's a lot harder. Yeah, yeah, I know you struggle with Malifaux to start with. Yeah. But now you're getting your head round it, you're getting rather good. Hmm. Whereas I tend, oh, to, I tend <laughs> to see these things, like the Beatle, I'll go, oh, the Beatle can do that, and it's really good. 
But I won't. My brain will go. That's what the Beatle does, and it won't think of the five, ten other ways you could use the Beatle. Yeah, yeah. The board itself was how much, Aaron? How much did I spend? Oh, I can't remember. It was. It was in the region 60 of to sixty to eighty pounds. It came with four sets of tokens. Yeah. So that you could, if you so desired, uh, play the doubles. Yeah. Or you've got a choice of colours. Yeah. It came in a choice of woods. I went for quite a dark wood. Yeah. Um, and so I ordered some different tokens because I went for black tokens and then couldn't really see them very well. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> I'm an idiot. I don't uh, but know, they, it could be a nice stealth thing. Yeah, they had mind. a kind of pine finish, an oak finish, and a sort of mahogany-style finish. Yeah. I don't think that's exactly what they're made of. <laughs> no. But they're very, very nice. Um, I did buy... I had to buy separately because they sold out. Um, yeah. at the Board Game Expo uh, so I ordered off their website and it arrived really quickly and it was all fine and it came with the other bits in as well that yep. I ordered um, a bag that's really nice that it fits in because it's a really odd shape and it's quite big yeah. it's now got something to protect it stops it getting dusty Yeah, stops it getting knocked about stops it getting chipped because it just keeps it sort of safe got a little pocket for all the bits on the front yeah. uh, so overall I've probably spent about £100 on it which yeah. for a, a skill based Sort of very casual game might sound like a lot but it is a nice thing yeah it's, it's a high quality build gone into that yeah. it's proper wood it's not like MDF with a coating around yeah. it it's actually solid wood used yeah it has a lovely thing. finish um, yeah. to it it's nice and smooth there's actually because when you use the chalk I mean it catches oils and things in it and keeps it smooth yeah but there's there's actual things where it says right this is what you should do each year to maintain your board and to yeah. keep it it's the kind of thing that you could pass on almost yeah actually I think it will probably I'm going to get grandpa's crocodile board out and <laughs> why, why, is, why are my grandchildren rednecks what's, what's well, I don't happening? know obviously move to the states or something I will get the grandpa Jack is a crocodile board and I will uh, flick it a flick <laughs> did that sound French vaguely yeah I will, uh, will play the crocodile no that didn't <laughs> where was that um I don't know, a mental asylum somewhere? Yeah, it's some kind of parallel universe where everyone has a bee stuck in their throat. Yeah. Or it's that guy in, um, you know, 1950s asylum who seems to think he's Napoleon all the time and tries to put on a French accent. Oh, I'd love to be Napoleon. <laughs> I could be the Napoleon of Crokinole. You could. Yes. I'll get you a hat. I'm short enough. I would I would so wear a hat to play Crokinole. <laughs> I'm thinking that we could at some point do a little Crokinole tournament video. Yeah, yeah. I would actually quite enjoy doing that. And the most use it had was in the evening at the UK Games Expo when we would retire to the bar. Yeah. It's the kind of thing you can dump down and you can just play and you can yeah. have many beers. And still have a lot of fun. And still have a lot of fun. So I couldn't play it properly and is still really enjoying playing it. Yeah, just giggling. It's all a beer and pretzels kind of thing. And it's less dangerous to play at Paul because it's less likely it's going to chip off and smash them in the face. Yeah. If it does, it doesn't hurt. Drunk people much. with four foot long sticks are dangerous. Yeah. In fact, five foot long sticks in some cases. When we were playing it, um, some of the staff there came over, had a look, were like, what are you doing? What's going on? And I was like, yeah, it's what we're doing. We'll have a go. And they were like, yeah. no, no. But they were just being polite because it's in Britain. Yeah. Uh, if we were in an American bar, um, we'd have had 20 people round stealing it off of us and playing all night, I think. Because it's, it's, it's so <laughs> it immediate. Attention, yeah. It's so immediate. And it sounds really nice. It's all clicky. Clicky. Yeah. <laughs> Again, clicky things. Maybe I'm just like... Noise. Yeah, just like I just like noise. So yeah, we picked that up. That was um, we bought that, th- or I bought that through. I bought that at the board game expo. Yep. Through 
small q so s-m-a-l-l-c-u dot b-e yeah uh really nice really nice boards there is a bigger version of the board as well yeah um tournament sized one yeah which is even bigger which obviously makes things more difficult because the distances are greater you've got to be more accurate yeah um yeah i actually would wouldn't mind having one of those no yeah um taking it very seriously and getting a napoleon hat <laughs> so yeah to have a have a look out for for that it's i've not regretted the money i spent on it even if it seems like a lot to, no. to start with because um, it's the kind of thing you can pull out and play with anyone yeah as long as they've got fingers yes because not everyone does no it's true yeah. well, I'm sure we can make substitutes some versions of Crokinole played with tiny sticks like really cues. yeah but you can have a look you can see highlights amazing shots all sorts of stuff on YouTube yeah I have watched Crokinole videos it's, yeah because when I get into something my brain gets full of it for a few days and you want to watch more and then goes away and I'm like oh monkeys on Unicide our third game then is a card game I picked up from Dragon Meat 2014. Yep. But we've, we were looking for a bit of variety for this. So we've got a thinky game. Yep. We've got a skill game. And then this is something else that's quite unique. And there's some properties of it that make it quite interesting and different. Yeah. Which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, it's a game called Oddball Aeronauts. It is by... I can't read... Um, that's, that's <laughs> terrible, isn't it? Uh, it's by the Maverick Muse, who we met yeah. at Dragon Meat. They're very lovely people. They wore top hats. Yes. Uh, and by top hats, I mean top hats, not hats which were top. Ah. Well, they were top hats in both senses. They were, yeah. They were top, top hats. Yes. Their hats were top, top hats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were lovely. I mean, you and Colin, I think, were introduced to the game. And yes. Both walked away with a copy. Yeah, it was quite cheap. It's about fifteen pounds, I think. Yeah, it comes in a again a nice little self-contained uh, box. box. To me, it's about. I mean, it's a bit thicker, obviously, but it's half the size of a piece of A five. Yeah, again, something you could you cool. could fit that in your pocket. I've seen mobile phones smaller than that. Yeah, it's so it's easily portable. Uh, it comes with oh, how many cards? 81 cards that's a weird number of cards for it to have yeah uh, but it has 81 cards uh, a token little rule book they all fit quite nicely it's only slightly bigger really than a deck of cards and it's just got a little extra space for a token to show who has priority yeah now the concept of the game is you are trying to knock out get your opponent to discard all of their cards yes each deck of cards represents the crew or other kinds of things that could be found in the sky in the sky on an airship yeah it has a really unique aesthetic it's yeah it's very well you mentioned Redwall yes at the start, which it does yeah reminds me very much of Redwall or if you like the furry community it's very much like a lot of the stuff they tend to produce it looks to me it's like steampunk Redwall so it's anthropomorphic animals yeah so on the cover for instance is a bunny a bunny stood on his back legs he's got his fists bound up with uh, bandages because he's at spawning for a fight yeah he's got a kilt on and because he's an airship and he's a pirate he's got an eye patch on yeah and yeah it's it they're cartoony but they're not simple cartoons there's a bit more detail yeah. to them oh yes yeah, reminds me very much of uh, the Yusabi Ojimbo don't know if you ever saw that or Done by the same sort of people, by group of people do the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay, sort of cartoony, simple, but there was some nice detail going on in the in the artwork. Yeah, it's 
it reminds me of sort of I mean it's slightly sort of pastel coloured or sepia toned yeah very uh, typically steampunk yeah, yeah children's illustrations but then with guns yes <laughs> yeah. again like Redwall <laughs> yeah um, and it's uh, it's really cool um, you've got all sorts of different creatures uh, that make up your, your crew yeah um, and they're, they're balanced so they're at different power levels You've got a couple mercenaries that you split between, so you decide. We just dealt randomly, one yeah. each. Um, one of which is a giant dragon, yeah. and one is like a sky kraken thing? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. It's like a fox riding a, a uh, Asian dragon, a little bit. Yes, yeah. So they're quite cool. They look very good, and they're quite yeah. powerful cards. Yes. And you, what is really nice about it, then is that it can be played without any kind of surface. Yes. You have your deck of cards, you shuffle them, and then you turn them so you can look at the faces, so you can read the cards, which yep. normally you're dealing sort of randomly. Then you take the bottom three cards and flip them upside down so the backs are facing you, yep. and they are your discard pile. And the idea is to get your opponents so all their cards are facing the other way. Yeah. If you do that, you win. You've knocked out all their crew, essentially. Yeah. You've also got some events yeah. that are generally tend to be sort of weather events. Um, this yeah. particular set is playing over what they've called the Boiling Sea in their world. Yeah. So it's weird weather phenomena or strange creatures like robotic hornets attacking you and yeah. things like that. It's quite cool. Yeah. And, yeah, the, the gameplay is actually fairly simple. You'll look at the top three cards. Yeah. Uh, you'll resolve any events that are in there and then have a look at what's next you've always got a choice of three yep you then whoever's got priority either won the last round or you just rock scissors paper for it they declare whether they are going to try to sail so sail away um, and try and sort of get some space yep and if they win they get to undiscard some of their cards the top discarded card becomes available again you flip it back over yeah they might try to shoot you so if they win by shooting you, by using guns, you the opponent has to discard two more cards because yep. they damaged part of their ship or that, that hurt some of their crew. Yeah. And you or you might try to board, which allows you to do a bit of damage but also then cards. get a little bit of space. So you recover a card and the opponent discards an extra card. Yeah. The consequences of that are either gonna make it your opponent's deck smaller what they've got available yeah. or to make your potential pile bigger yeah so there's kind of two different ways and one of the decks in the game is generally better at sailing yeah the other one is generally better at fighting yes but with exceptions and things in there which are quite nice yeah do you want to explain how a typical round goes then so you're looking at three cards so, yeah you look at your top three cards the one that is on the very top is the lead member of that cr- attack crew in yeah. essence um and you'll have uh, next to each of the sailing cannon things two numbers the lead guy you use his top number that's yeah. their main thing and you can call in the other two cards if you wish to yeah. assist and they have the slightly smaller number underneath yeah it says plus one or plus two so they're added on to what you get with yeah. the other one so you declare what you're going to do and then your opponent declares which of their stats they're going to look at at assessments 
you then count down three, two, one frame, which is like rock, paper, scissors, yeah. and declare how many cards you're going to use for that turn. Yeah, so you've got your deck in one hand, and yeah. then you, you throw up the number of fingers on the other hand. Yeah. So you're using both hands, but at no point does anything need to touch a table. No. This is the kind of thing you could play in the queue to get into the convention. Yeah. It's the kind of thing you could play propping up the bar if you were that way inclined. Yes. Um, or waiting for the bus, or anywhere we've not got a space you're about yeah, yeah. brilliantly yeah because uh, you, you declare you add your numbers up you just show somebody the cards to show what you've done yeah um, and then put them at the back yeah so I might have said right I'm gonna I've won I've got guns yeah. Aaron might, might say might. oh I'm gonna sail away okay and I go we go three two one we hold up fingers yeah Aaron said one I've yeah. said two I've got a five plus a two so I've got a seven yeah whereas I've only got a five and then I will go I've won I guns so you now have to discard the cards you've used always get discarded yeah so you're always kind of counting down and the way it might sound like okay I'll just use three cards every time you're going to burn through your deck yes you want to balance your resources so you might use less yeah or you're trying to work out what they might do and each of the cards well not all of them but a lot of the cards have got a special trick on them yeah so only the lead can use the trick um but some of them range from being able to swap the top yeah, card, the bottom card. And they call that rigging, so like on a ship. Yeah. So it's quite nice, but you're also rigging in the other sense. So it's got a pun built in, so I love it. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. Uh, some of them might be magical. They might work better if your opponent only plays one or two cards. They've got bonuses for it. Yeah. So you can see, you can flick through your deck at any time, so you can always flip through and see what's coming up next. So as well as trying to balance not burning your resources properly, you're yeah. also trying to balance... Well, the third card in that section's got a really nice trick that I want to use. So I might use one card this turn and hope they don't cannon me or I win. Well, what you do is you declare first. So Aaron goes, right, I'm going to guns. And I go, okay, I'm going to just use up this rubbish card. Let him take out the next two because the third, the the fourth card is amazing. Yeah. Or I'll go, well, I need to make sure I beat him. So I'm going to use all three. But then that gives me... And you've got quite a lot of little micro decisions to make. Yes. But don't take a long time. We've never sort of gone, well, uh, um, uh... Yeah. We've always... Everything's flowing quite quickly. And the game sort of took us, what, about 20 minutes each to play? Yeah, I think one. It says 15 minutes, but we tend to take longer whenever we play any kind of game than it should. Yeah, Yeah, and we're actually still making our decisions quite quickly for us. Yes. (laughs) But yeah, so you're always picking and choosing whether you're going to go through everything and really win, or you're going to accept losses at times. Yeah, and you might have. Um, like you said you can rig things it might be a case that you've got magic and it gives you a bonus to certain things it might be a case that you can protect cards yeah or it will allow you to there's like a group of monkeys that are up in the rigging yes and they help you sail better but because they're controlling your sailing yeah again this is my mind trying to make the things and I think there is there without it saying a lot yeah because they're controlling your sailing everyone else can do other things so it lets you support their sailing action with guns or boarding, boarding yeah because they, they've taken over yes so your other things are still helping them but they're so good at sailing they can use that other, other people are doing other things so you've yeah. got start to get variety and a bit of uh, tactics yeah I like the fact that most of the card is the artwork yes if you think of a magic card yeah half is a picture yeah and then half is text. Yeah. This, there's actually the strip down the side. It's probably a quarter 
maybe a third. Yeah. So it's is, nice if you've got one hand, you're looking at three the, cards. You're only really holding the cards. Then. Yeah, you can actually, again, um, you can sit them next to each other and you only need to move them a sort of a third of the way across. So yeah. you can have your numbers very, very close. But the art is really nice. Yeah. The I, art is really, really pretty. Um, and they all have different names and uh, similar. So. Yeah, they've got characters and stuff. It makes me want to know if they've done kind of a like, webcomic or a series or something with that. Yeah, not that I've seen, seen, but it looks like the kind of thing you could do. Yeah. Um, quite family-friendly. Yeah, there's nothing particularly vicious on there. No, though. but you've got like people wielding cutlasses or... Yeah. Gatling cannon type things. Or... Yeah, it's it's like watching Peter Pan. It's that kind of thing for me. It's like yeah, they're armed, but not really aggressively. Yeah, and I think the fact they're animals kind of softens it. Yeah, it does a little bit. And the fact that anything can come back, so nothing is killed because yeah. if you manoeuvre a bit, they can recover. Yeah. So that's quite nice if you yeah. like that sort of thing. I don't need everything I play to have blood and guts and violence in it. No. Just ninety five percent. This is a good five percent of the other time. Yeah. We can play this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you can see the art. And the art is... I, I think I fell more in love with the, the aesthetic than necessarily the actual game itself. Yeah. It's a nice thing to have. It's a nice object. Or collection of objects. Yes. Uh, yeah. The box looks pretty. It is, yeah. Um, it looks nice on the shelf. <laughs> All diddy and wee. Yeah, that's lovely. Nice and easy pick-up. And um, it's very balanced. Yeah, every game we had, no one won by more than sort of four or five cards. Yeah. So everyone was down to quite crucial decisions. Yeah. Uh, two of our games were the last one you won. Yes. You only won because you won and you got to flip a card. Yeah. And I had to discard a card, which was my final card. Yeah. So you won by literally one card. Yeah. And it was right down to the last uh, the last bit. But there's sort of tactics and things in there, and I could see you getting again getting better at it. Yeah. I don't think it would be quite as good for people that are brand new. No, I suppose and it's not, not much for... super gamers. I think it's kind of something to get, bring out to people that are more okay with game concepts. Yeah. It have to be hardcore. It's not that difficult. But the no. rule book is sort of three times the length. Yeah. And when you start... concepts and things in there you need to understand. Yeah. And like you've got the, the tricks and similar and the yeah. magic system. There is a thing that we forgot about that yeah. means you can't use the magic on certain cards because they're protected and all mm. sorts of things. Yeah. On top of that, the box comes... Because you're not using 40 cards, you're using 25, I think. So there's a selection of... You've got the events, you've got the mercenaries. But yeah. you also have some extra cards that you can swap in and out of the decks to deck build. And the rules for deck building are quite complicated. Yeah. I have to say, when I looked through the cards, I didn't see anything that stood out and went, oh, I have to have this. No. But I think it's a case of small degrees making bigger changes in the focus and the way that you're going to play. Yeah, yeah. Taking lower numbers to have more tricks or getting rid of tricks in order to have just more raw numbers. Yeah. Which means you might get outmaneuvered by someone who's being clever, but you've got more brute damage, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, Which, yeah so it's nice they've got a bit of variety and stuff in there. But yeah. no, I see what you mean about it not being so great for introductory things. Two-player games particularly, you need something the person's going to be able to pick up and play quite easily if they're not used to playing games very often, because if you're explaining rules to them, you're winning. Because they might not necessarily go... You've already seen tactics that they can't understand because... Well, they don't know the rule. Yeah. So the less you have to explain something, the more fun they're going to have. Yeah, but it's nowhere near as complicated as, say, a game like Magic, where every card has an exception. Or even, I mean, again, we talked a couple of weeks ago, Dice Masters is far more complicated in what it can do. Yeah. 
but it's nice because you can just put it out and have a game yep. you don't even have to mess around with the deck building if you don't want to no didn't feel it needed to to be honest and yeah off you go you can just you can just pick up playing uh, we hadn't played it for quite a while and we picked it up really really quickly again yeah okay, it did take a lot of explaining it's not nice. the kind of thing again that comes out all the time but no. I reckon if I pass this across the floor we're podcasting on the floor today because we're not at Collins yeah if I give that to Aaron I reckon he could get his wife to play that yeah I know I reckon that too to be honest I think I think she would quietly give that a go because she's played some other games and stuff with yeah. you but again she's not she's not someone who goes I am a gamer yeah but if things get overly complicated she gets annoyed it's like I'm not having fun because I'm having to concentrate too much on everything I want to enjoy yeah. myself there is whereas actually- she could be clever where she doesn't have to try and remember a million and one different rule books or double check everything that's yeah. why she likes Carcassonne because I would say Carcassonne is probably more complicated than that the, the once you bring in the fields yes it's more complicated <laughs> Carcassonne again it's quite instinctive we were yeah. going to talk about Carcassonne but we'll save that yeah we'll do that time. we'll do a peasantry special as we've yes. mentioned before we're going to do Carcassonne Settlers of Catan all those sorts of games and just sort yeah. of weigh up you know how realistically do they represent the oppressive life of a 15th century surf yes because you know you don't just get gaming advice uh, and humour you get historiography yes here at the Critical Twitch <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that was Aeronauts yeah by Maverick Muse um, again not a purchase I've regretted it's only £15 I say only £15 obviously your mileage may vary different yeah. amounts of money mean different things to different people but it's still fairly cheap it's not like you're spending 85 quid or something no. that's a, hef- a hefty purchase for, for most people and it gets pulled out occasionally and played I'll say the one thing nice. you said we picked it up and I'd look at it today you went yeah we don't really play this very often don't know if it's, if it's that great and then we played a game but we went I don't understand why we don't play this more often this is yeah, really fun that is the first thing I said yeah. um, after the first game and then we immediately we swapped the decks over and just played with the okay. other person's deck just to see how it how it played yeah. and we only I think stopped there because well we needed time to do the podcast it's late yeah. yeah it's much later than Aaron was intending yes definitely <laughs> on which note then uh, I just thought we might round this off just because we do also discuss video games from time to time yes or every other week sometimes <laughs> mostly because they're the things you can play on your own so we can all go off and play 20 hours of Dark Souls each and then come together and have a big chunk of stuff to talk about yeah yeah whereas actually board games and things they require all of us or lots of different people yeah um, so that that's kind of why we have that focus but with the summer coming up all our work schedules are relieved yes we're going to have a lot more time so we're going to focus more on things where we can get together now and actually have the time to do it which yeah. is lovely absolutely lovely yes I was just thinking are there any video games you can just think of off the top of your head in a similar mould? Two player where you'd get your friend, partner to just, you know, chuck a controller at them and say, oh, let's play a game, let's have some fun together. And they might not be, you know, they're not the kind of person that's um, normally wants to pick up into gaming culture, but will play games. Because I think most people do. Yes, most people play them at some point in time. Yeah. I mean, if you've played Bejeweled, if you've played Candy Crush, yes, and you've played a game, you're a gamer, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. No. I know a lot of people go, Oh, no, it's casual gaming. No, it's not casual gaming, it's, it's casual something. gaming, it has gaming in the name, yeah, it is gaming. Just because somebody does it casually, you might do something else casually, yeah. it doesn't really matter. Um, I don't, does that, does that happen in other walks of life? Are you reading that book casually? 
You're not a real. Actually, does, actually, yeah, yeah. Oh, you only read. You only read bestsellers, or you only read genre fiction. Yeah, as someone who writes genre fiction. Yeah, um, and considers it not my own work, obviously, but I consider many genre yeah. works to be literature. Happens uh, films as script. well. You only watch blockbusters. Well, you don't really understand films, then, do you? Oh, I, I think well, that about films. I don't I, think I, that about books, but I do think that about films. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I watch either. I much yeah. more. I, I tend to appreciate more. Yeah, I, I think but. as a technological medium, as an inherently technological thing. Yeah. People who play games are more technologically minded. Yeah. Um, or people that are really into games will be more technologically minded, which means in the internet age, their voices are amplified. Yeah. yeah as a theory. Yeah. Why are we talking about this? Yeah. No, we're talking <laughs> about, let's, let's go back to yeah. So two player games. I can't actually think of any at the moment. What have you been playing with your wife? I actually have been playing more adventure games. Yes. Uh, we've recently been playing King's Quest, which we've absolutely loved. The writing in that is amazing. Awesome. Um, you would love... It's fantastic. You would love that. How does... How did two people play a one-player adventure game, then? How do you play that game with your wife? I will control it. Yeah. Um, so Nora can concentrate on the story that's happening around it, because yep. there's a lot of conversations that happen... Talking. It's a very story-heavy medium, isn't it? Yes, which is nice. So it's like watching a TV show in a lot of respects. Yeah. Um, but there are decisions to be made. There are puzzles to be solved. And you can work cooperatively. Oh, try yeah. this, say this. Oh, I think you should do that. We recently played through Grim Fandango. Okay. And I don't know if she was part of the design team, but without looking at a phone, she seemed to be able to solve every single puzzle without trying. Really? Because I found you do Grim... this, this, and this. Yeah, it was, re- it was typical... There's... there's Adventure game logic, as it's called. Yes, yeah. And Grim Fandango is like that. Having to feed the bread into the the things tube so the uh, birds get distracted elsewhere so you can grab something. Yeah. And then later on, I have to put some foam in there so it blows up the whole system. Yeah. Was, it makes sense once you've done it, but until that point... Why would you click that on there? Because I don't know what he's going to do with that thing in there. I haven't thought about it. Yeah. Whereas Laura went, do this, okay. And I do this, 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 and this, okay. Cool, solved. Yeah, just completely understood exactly how. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So that's one thing that you can do yeah. to get your uh, to to share the gaming love. We've done some videos on Broforce. Yes. Yeah. And that quite simple has only has a couple buttons. Yeah, I did play that with a friend of mine who's, who's she's quite into gaming but not yeah. massively, and uh, her other half who he prefers more strategic puzzle PC type games generally. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. Pass back and forth with the controller because it's quick and it's silly and it's yes, yeah, simple. You don't have to spend ages explaining how the yeah. game works. And if you die and you mess up, you just go back. Yeah, it's kind of people don't like that. You are punished. Now you must quest to get your experience back. Yeah, your souls back or whatever. Yeah, quite a lot of things I've played with my other half would be retro games. Yeah, because she played those more as a kid, so they kind of fit in with her yeah. memories but something like Streets of Rage yes. you're both on the screen at the same time yeah. and there are three buttons there is summon bazooka man there is yeah. jump and there is kick yeah. and then you move around Yeah, a lot There's of games that, yeah I mean if you think of a Mega Drive controller a D-pad and three buttons and a start Yeah. if you look, look at a PS4 controller you've got two sticks and a D-pad yeah. four triggers on the back four face buttons a share button, a start button, and what Colin refers to as the clitoris that yeah. you have to rub, tickle, and click uh, yeah. in order to get it to do things. Yeah. It's much more intimidating than to give someone that same controller and say, you only need these three buttons. Yeah, I actually... we I picked up Diablo 3. Yeah. Uh, because I thought I'd be a nice co-op thing for uh, my wife to play with me. 
Yeah. And she was like, this is too many buttons. This is too yeah. much going on. I just want a... She like she loves Streets of Rage. We played that for we we played that through recently. After yeah, we, we did we did it for the challenge. Like, can we have a go? Because I like that. Oh, cool! And yeah. She's really good at it. Yeah, but because she can concentrate, she doesn't have to worry about yeah. being finger dexterous. There is a certain instinctual finger dexterity yeah. from playing games for a long time that somebody who doesn't play games all the time needs to learn. Yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, if you think of something like Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, you had move and you had jump. Yeah. And you could the other person could be tails, so they don't even need to be the person who it depends on. They can help you out and be yeah. your buddy, but not be fully responsible for the game. Yeah, games that hark back to that time, that sort of simple, simplistic gameplay. A lot of the indie games. Yeah. Um, although it's not two player as such, um, I would happily throw someone who's not super, who's interested but not a super competitive game. Something like Super Meat Boy. Yeah, you mean sod? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, but yeah, no, yeah. It's something you quickly you can quickly pick up and understand how it works and stuff. And it's yeah, you've got you've board. got a jump and a run and a move, um, yeah. but there's still depth there, and it's a it's a good game. I spent hundreds of hours yeah. on Super Meat Boy. No, it's it's amazing. Oh, I need to go back and actually finish everything. I want to hundred percent. That's so bad. <laughs> um, I played Braid. Yes, when yeah. it first came out, and my other half who's not super into games as I said um, got obsessed with Braid yeah and played it to the point of completing it before I did and then played it again and completed it again yeah and has a tattoo because she loves the game so much she has a Braid tattoo yeah yeah <laughs> and just fell it, uh, because again run, it's got move and jump yeah and everything else is kind of instinctive oh, and reverse time which you can't yeah, get yeah, yeah so you know those kind of things and I'd quite happily sit and watch her do that and yeah. tut and sigh when she died and then go why on earth did you solve that doing it that way what's going on yeah. why didn't I think of that <laughs> that quickly so that was two player games yes if you've got any other two player games next time Colin is locked up we can try some other games there were yeah. some others we did see that we might we might have a go at as yeah well, yeah somebody's mentioned a form of Agricola to me which has got there's a two player variant one, oh, okay. so it's amazing it's built specifically for two players okay a uh, more complicated thing we looked at Ket which is not a drug it's got an H <laughs> in it uh, that, sounds, that sounds worse yes. a drug with H in it um, <laughs> Ket laser chess yes essentially looked really really interesting yeah that was weird but very cool uh, Pandemic we spoke about because that's got a, that works quite well as a two player yeah there's, there's a few, few there's a there. few other ones so what we'll do is we'll let you our viewers guide us if there's other games you'd recommend that we play that we try out two player um, or if you have a different angle on games and you're not sure how to get in so it could be uh, things to get people started yes um, games to games that take up an entire game evening yeah games that you can play in 20 minutes if you've got anything like that you'd like us to tackle then we will venture forth we'll do our research we'll play lots of games oh so hard doing this <laughs> job uh, and then we will uh, we'll get back to you so just let us know yeah. you can find us on SoundCloud where you can download the podcast yeah you can find us on YouTube where you can look at Aaron's silly pictures that he does for us yeah and have that running quite smoothly and nicely yeah uh, in the background uh, you can find us on Twitter where occasionally we try to be funny. Yes. And you can find us in the crisp aisle of Tesco's about half past six every Friday night. Yes. Uh, buying snacks for our gaming sessions. Yes. So, you know, uh, we'll meet you there. The password is there are many unusual types of squirrel. And if you do so, we will give you a secret prize. 
So thank you very much. I've been Brian Ennis. I've been Aaron Vinsky. And I still am Brian Ennis in actual fact. Yeah. Because we say that every week, but it sounds like we're shedding our identities like uh, the crusty outer coating of a snake. Yeah. We, we foolishly didn't take on internet personas. No. Whoops. Thank you very much. Uh, please get in contact. If you like what we do, then click the like button. That's what it's for. Yep. Otherwise, we don't know. Yeah. Uh, if you want to see more of what we do or listen to more of what we do, uh, you can click the subscribe button and then it will tell you. Yeah. It's quite nice, isn't it? It's handy. The wonders of modern technology. <laughs> Remember the days when you just used to have to hope that interesting things would just sort of arrive somehow at some, some yes. time. And you can share things, uh, because if you share things that are fun and interesting with other people, they will think you are a sexy cool person, and they will like you more. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just how modern yes, very true. social interactions work. Yeah, I've had to beat off the friend requests. Yeah, uh, so sharing things. Yeah, if you wanna if you wanna beat off a load of people, then share share what we do. They really need to help my words. <laughs> Luckily, I'm not the kind of person to seize on that kind of double meaning of the word. <laughs> so, thank you very much. Uh, podcasts every Tuesday, uh, gaming, videos, and other pieces, as and when. Generally, yeah. something else every week. Yeah. So, thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.